This episode is brought to you by Peak, the blockchain for real-world applications and home of DPIN. If you think it's time for Web3 to get real, check out their website at peak.network. That's P-E-A-Q.network. Hello, everyone. Daniel from DPIN Hub over here. And today I have Henny Pirkala. Today on the podcast, where we're going to be talking about streamer networks. Basically, streamer is a decentralized real-time data network. It provides the infrastructure and tools, allowing individuals and organizations to have control over their data. The network is built on real-time data infrastructure with multiple components, including a real-time messaging network hosted by computers around the world, a marketplace where people can trade and sell their data. So it's a really interesting project. It's actually, I would say, one of the oldest deeping projects right there. They've been around since... I think 2017, I've been following them for at least two, three, four years now. I used to have a host with them as well. And yeah, thanks so much for taking the time, Henry, and being here at the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Sure, Daniel. Thanks for having me and happy to be here. So I'm CEO and co-founder of Streamer. Um, I have a strong tech background, so despite the CEO title, uh, I'm heavily involved in the, you know, the tech and the product side of things. Um, I've been dealing with real-time data for the past 15 years or so, uh, first in finance, algorithmic trading, that kind of thing, then going to you know, cloud, big data, IoT platform, um, this kind of journey and then since late 2016 um, we started working on streamer and I've been kind of like a full-time crypto co-founder since since then and the project launched in in 2017 yeah quite some time quick quick history nice nice uh, for the normies out there could you explain what streamer network is in your own words yeah so streamer is a decentralized protocol for essentially broadcasting data so it can be applied for a lot of things but in the deep in context um, you could maybe think of it as a kind of group chat for machines in a way so <laughs> you know a lot of machines could join a channel and start transmitting or receiving data from other machines at high rates or high scale uh, but the trick is that this works without any centralized party or server. Um, instead, it uses uh, like a clever peer-to-peer -peer mechanism to deliver the data to whatever audience there is. And that's what makes it hyper-scalable, secure uh, and robust, you know, censorship resistant, and you don't need to trust any third party to... Uh, broker the data between the devices nice yeah it's it's we call it like a pub sub or publication subscription model right on 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 yeah, top yeah. of crypto exactly yeah so there's topics that we call streams and someone who's publishing data they kind of say that yeah i'm publishing data on this topic uh, it's kind of like a string. It's an ID uh, for, a, for a topic. And then the subscribers who want that data, they subscribe to that topic. And the network takes care of sort of matching them in the peer-to-peer -peer, uh, topology so that the data and the messages are kind of circulating properly. Do you have an example, like an example of uh, projects that use streamer or some kind of pub sub method to transmit their information? 
Yeah, there's a bunch. So maybe we can talk a little bit more about the detail and, and who's using it for what. You know, for example, Demo is quite um, easy use case to explain. They have cars that are roaming around um, and they are producing data. They can measure their environment or you can get data from kind of the, the driving itself and location and this type of things. Um, and that data, of course, is useful to some set of audience. They could be insurance companies or there could be car manufacturers um, or they could be the driver themselves uh, or they could be other cars. You know, the cars could, for example, share uh, traffic information with each other and that type of thing. So we can kind of get the data flowing from, uh, from a source to an audience without any central player having control over that data flow. Let's say I have, I have a car and my car is transmitting data. If I have one person connected to that flow, that's okay. But if I have, let's say, a thousand or 10,000 people connecting, does Streamer kind of route the information to release the, to relieve the load on my end as well? Yeah, exactly. That's one of the key things that Streamer does. So how it works is that basically someone who is consuming the data, someone who's subscribing to the data, they also help share it to others who are subscribing to the data. So your car, uh, regardless of how many others there are, let's say there's a million cars out there that want the data from your car. So you don't need to send it out a million times like you normally would. You need to send it out a fixed number of times, let's say four times. And then those four, uh, four other cars send it onwards to other four cars. And those send it to four cars. And those send it to four cars. And you see how it works. So eventually, brrrt, it will reach everybody. But the source didn't have to send it to a million because everybody did their share of sort of transmitting the data on and on and on, uh, propagating it through that whole uh, audience. Yeah, I guess that's in the decentralized part of aspect. This reminds me, I don't know, back in the year 2000s when Torrent was very popular, that's more or less the idea, right? You have one file that you share with a few people that people can share with other people. The, distribu the distribution of data is super interesting on especially the way that you guys are doing on like a complete decentralized on top of blockchain like it it's it's super interesting to me yeah and and you mentioned BitTorrent so one way to understand streamer is sort of like if you know uh, if BitTorrent was for file sharing then streamer is for streaming data for real-time data sharing. Yeah. But the, the idea is kind of similar, right? Yes, awesome. Yeah, exactly. That's that's like an analogy that may be easy for some people to understand. Uh, and and then throughout the history, where the idea of streamer came from? Like you said, they've been working with similar things, but then maybe joining your past experience with crypto. We started streamer because, you know, we kind of realized that data and communication and especially collaboration will be the building blocks of future technical infrastructure. And as they say, and this is super cliche now, but data is the new oil, right? Uh, but for, for that to really work, the data infrastructure needs to be robust, needs to be secure, and it needs to be fair. 
I mean, we can't have all those data flows going through the big cloud providers or really anybody else's uh, platform, but rather it needs to be like nobody's platform and everybody's platform at the same time, like a neutral, you know, connective fabric where the data is really self-sovereign, meaning controlled by those who produce it and, and not some third party. Yeah, I think that was pretty much the, the original inspiration that got me started. And this is, um, you can see even in the deep in space that a lot of builders, they kind of focus on the hardware and the token economics, the blockchain side of things. And don't get me wrong, they need to, of course, those are important. But a lot of times for the data transport, the coordination, the data sharing, there's still some centralized service involved. And, you know, that's a bit risky. If that fails, the whole thing breaks, right? And that undermines the, the D in D-PIN, <laughs> right? Yes. So, uh, you know, Streamer can be used for a lot of things, but I think, I think fixing that is what inspires me in the D-PIN space or what, what I think is like what Streamer has to contribute to, to this space. Yeah, I really like uh, the idea of composability which is basically different deep-in projects using each other's technologies. As you mentioned in Demo, is using Streamer to send like the telemetry data. Or there are other projects like ATOR that in the future will be able to, if you want to transmit like bigger chunks of data, like file transfer, you can use ATOR, for example. Uh, or Demo is also using Helium to transmit the wireless data. Then that wireless data then used goes to Streamer to get to the servers and get, you know, like there's a lot of projects working together and I think that's the real strength of, of Deepin, because like like you said, right, you can have a decentralized hardware, you can have a lot of things, but then in the end, one of them is very centralized that breaks the whole D into the Deepin, right? Yeah, correct. It's it, exactly. You need to have a lot of like the layers need to be all kind of decentralized in order for the whole thing to be centralized. Um, so I, I think that's that's really interesting. You you mentioned that you guys started the idea in like 2016. Back in, I remember that at that time, like Ethereum was uh, doing this ICO, you know, there's a lot of like, that was like the first very exciting, let's say bull market for crypto was like around 2017. I've been in crypto since 20, I don't know, 12, 11 or something like that. And that was the first time there was like a lot of things happening, right? With that Ethereum, I think storage came out around the same time as well. You guys came around that time. Uh, and, and the idea of Ethereum with uh, smart contracts, that's actually what, I believe really sparked a new age, a new era of, of crypto. Uh, you at that time, maybe like uh, I'm interested to see what was your experience at that time. Uh, you guys started building on Ethereum, then switched to Polygon, and like how was that uh, that period? Yeah, it was a bit of a wild west at the time, and you know the the rules and regulations were still quite unestablished at the time. So you know. Uh, one reason why we based the project in Switzerland, for example, that there was kind of footsteps that we could follow. So there was a bunch of early projects like Ethereum Foundation itself that had established themselves here. And, you know, you could find 
you could find people like uh, lawyers and accountants and that kind of people who kind of understand something about crypto, whereas everywhere else, including Finland, which is where I'm from, nobody would really have a clue of how to how to even start a crypto project. So it was very, very small. Everything was very small at the time. You know, you could you would go to conferences and shake hands with Vitalik uh, very easily and <laughs> stuff like that. Whereas now, of course, the whole thing has expanded and exploded. And and for me, it's it's a very good sign, of course. We don't want this to be like the nerdy, nerdy little inner circle of some cryptography and security enthusiast. We want this to be useful for the average person and to kind of touch the lives and improve the possibilities of the of the everyday person. So, you know, the the journey that has happened in the past six years have has been truly amazing all over the crypto space, regardless of like some market ups and downs. And those those are kind of secondary, I think, to what's happened with the adoption and the development of ideology and acceptance and you know on that note of acceptance just look at the bitcoin spot etf that, that just launched so you know suddenly crypto is front and center of of everything and and that's amazing and that's been fun to be part of that yeah definitely it's been for so quite some time right like i i've like i said i've been in crypto for a while but it was because of deepin that i decided to really go full-time and full-on this thing because I decided to start deploying Helium hotspots and then building Hotspotty. And then now we're here with Deep In Hub podcast. Um, I, it's, it's, it's been super interesting. You guys are on Polygon now, right? Yeah. So, um, of course, just to be clear, so Streamer is, you know, Streamer is not a, not a blockchain. It's an off-chain network, but it kind of works alongside a blockchain. So we use a blockchain in in streamer for a number of things like access control identity and incentives and right now we use the polygon chain for those things but the longer term vision is that streamer will be kind of multi-chain so we can ideally we can have one streamer that kind of spans across so you could have you know publishers that have their assets and their identity on you know, let's say Arbitrum and and then you have subscribers who are on some other L2 or even Solana chain or whatever. And, and they're kind of subscribing through that ecosystem and streamer would span across these different chains. But maybe like a intermediate step will be that there will be a separate streamer on each <laughs> environment. I don't I don't know yet, but that's the plan. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Um on, like you, you are like also, I believe, a CTO of other companies as well, more like a technical guy. How would you explain a little bit how streamer ensures the security and privacy of the data? Like I can be streaming things that are private for only people who have access, or it's always open to everyone who wants to listen. Yeah. So there's a couple of things I think to the security and privacy of data, and. Um, one aspect that we can begin with is that basically verifying the integrity and the source of the data. So somebody posts something uh, into a stream and you want to know that it actually comes from, uh, you know, who it says that it comes from and that the 
data didn't change on the way, right? And that's easy to achieve with cryptographic signing. So that's what always happens on Streamer. The source signs the data and then anyone who receives it can validate that it hasn't changed and it, it really comes from that source. Um, and then there's the sort of security of the content. And there's a lot of public data on, on Streamer, so that's just open to everybody. But um, then if you don't want your data to be open to everybody, then you would encrypt it. Uh, and Streamer supports end-to-end -end encryption out of, the pro out of the box. So it means that it gets encrypted at the source and it travels through the network in that encrypted form. So if there's, you know, it goes through untrusted nodes. So to them, it will just look like garbage, right? They can't read the message. And then on Streamer, you have this key exchange mechanism that check, kind of checks the access control settings from the, from the blockchain smart contract. And that drives the key sharing uh, between the parties so that the allowed recipients obtain the key and the, everyone, everyone else cannot obtain the key. And that all works automatically. It's like magic. So the user doesn't need to care or do anything special to to do that so it's just all in there yeah i can imagine it's magic for people who are using but for people who are building it, it's definitely like a lot of layers of complexity <laughs> yeah that, that's the hard part you know we've been building this for six years and it it's a long time and there's a lot of a lot of complicated stuff happening there uh, but we are you know one one after the other one problem after the other, we've just been kind of knocking those down and are now approaching like a 1.0 version where, uh, you know, all the things that we envisioned in the beginning in 2017 are, are basically there. And the whole thing is kind of production ready and, and you know, almost, you could say almost enterprise grade. So amazing. Quite happy about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that when we try to build a product, we try to make as simple as possible or like make it stupid right like it, it makes it yeah it's a lot of work to make something look stupid that works let's say um exactly pick is a layer one blockchain designed to power deepins why do deepins choose to build on pick it's fast scalable low cost offer builders are ready to deploy deepin sdk and it's multi-chain so when you build on pick you're building for all web3 Peak is home for the fastest growing DPIN projects, with more than 100,000 vehicles and devices deployed, over a dozen DPINs already building, and the world leading device manufacturers such as Boss partner with them. Think of building a DPIN? Peak has a grand program for DPIN builders. If you're listening to this, remember, you're early. The Peak Network will launch in the first half of 2024. Check out Peak's channels for more details and links in the podcast description. There's three test nets. Now we're done with the first and second one. And the third one will uh, will start next week. So it's um, going to be like some January 25th or, or something like that and run for a couple of weeks. And then the mainnet launch will be in February. Oh, so close. Yeah. Are you guys? Yeah, we're really, really close now. Yeah. Where, where, where is the party that I should go to? Because I'm sure you guys are going to have something. <laughs> <laughs> well we we always uh, we're kind of down to earth team so let's see but if there's if there's some 
uh, some party you'll be invited for sure. Nice. So yeah, don't worry. I think next month, what's <laughs> what's happening next month? There is the ETH Denver, which is a big conference in in the US. Uh, there is gonna be yeah yeah yeah. I think yeah, this is gonna be a full year of conferences, I believe, because like uh, the market's picking up a little bit, the excitement for the general market, like with ETFs and Bitcoin and everything. But one thing that is yeah. that I see for sure is that. Uh, on the engineering side, on the people building, nothing really changes, right? People are still building the same way. Yeah. Like you, you guys have been building streaming for over six years now. And imagine if your development speed or cha- it would change depending on the market, that that would be really bad. Yeah, I think, yeah, builders are always building. But, you know, for example, after FTX and all that that happened, you know, the funding situation for new projects was really gloomy like a lot of people you could see that a lot of people are not getting funding but i hope that's that's improving now yes i mean there's a lot of innovation in the space yeah i i can speak for experience right we decided to start fundraising for hotspot i think two weeks before ftx so that was uh oh oh man (laughs) (laughs) wonderful timing yeah i mean if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it the hard way i guess yeah 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 (laughs) <laughs> I'd say besides demo, do you have any other use cases that you'd really like? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, um, well, in the deep end space, we have a bunch of stuff going on. Those might be interested to, interesting to your listeners. So yeah, I mentioned demo. It's of course like everybody's favorite child when it comes to connected cars. Earlier, actually on that note, we've done some mobility related stuff with with even some big enterprises like Bosch and Hewlett Packard Enterprise. I don't know if that counts as purely deep in, but actually they had surprisingly uh, many of those same goals. Um, we do stuff with map metrics. You know, there's geospatial map data. They're streaming some stuff in real time over streamer. There's Arcreen doing renewable energy stuff. What? Yeah, we work with, actually, this is a cool thing. So. We work with IOTEX and their web stream team, uh, and Demo was part of it. We did this kind of like uh, end-to-end proof-of-concept thing where data from Demo was transported over Streamer, and it went to WebStream, and then it went to their ZK Prover. So they would uh, compute this uh, zero-knowledge proof where certain aspects of the car data could be uh, proven to, for example, an insurance company without revealing the data itself. So that was cool kind of three-way or four-way relationship with IOTEX, WebStream, Streamer, and, and Demo. Um, other relevant ones who are publishing data over Streamer or doing something are Nodal, uh, Router Protocol, Kive, Flux, uh, and yeah bunch of other projects outside of Deepin uh, as well. All of that is just wonderful to see. And, you know, it's still early days. We are, uh, as you mentioned, we're only just kind of getting close to version 1.0. So seeing all that adoption picking up and especially in Deepin space, it's really exciting for me. Yeah, that's amazing. Just to hear how many projects are using Streamer and how many touch points you guys have so far. 
and it's just getting yeah, started. Yeah, it shows that we haven't been... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It shows that we haven't been building this for the past six years for, for no reason, exactly. <laughs> right? So that would be a bit disappointing. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. De definitely getting there. That's super cool. Yeah, I've been following for quite some time now. I need to figure out a way to do it, uh, to actually use the streamer on DeepinHub. We've been collecting some information from projects from WebStream, from Myotex. It will be interesting to see. I can imagine, is there any... Uh, streaming that are providing, let's say, crypto token prices. Yeah, yeah, there is. There is, for example, uh, Binance market data is flowing through streamer networks. So that's one one channel where where that stuff is going, and probably a bunch of other stuff. I mean, it's decentralized. I don't even know what what are all the things that are happening on the network. We just build it. You just build the infrastructure. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah you guys use it for for whatever you want yeah right? i don't care just just use it yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah exactly um that's cool uh, how do you like you you've seen of course you've been through the the like the genesis of dpn basically how do you see this space growing and why do you think the streamer can be the world in the next like decade with it I think this space is one of the more interesting ones at the moment. Like, of course, the whole crypto space has gone through like different booms. You know, when we started, it was the ICO boom, and then then came the DeFi summer and and NFTs and and blah blah blah, and everything is like going in cycles a little bit. But I think Deepin is interesting because it can really deliver like fundamental fundamental value and help people's lives and take um you know do its part in taking the power and control away from the big big players in the web 2 and traditional space so that's why I, i'm very happy to cheer for deepin and i'm quite confident that it will be, go through some explosive growth over the next years and and the decade and in terms of streamers part in it well i think well i think deepin would be kind of better off or you know deepin would deepin would be the best version of itself if you know all the data streams generated in in the space would be transported over the streamer protocol um, and made available to everybody so not only would it kind of improve the best practices in this space when it comes to, to data, you know, you wouldn't have those centralized servers and siloing and, you know, single points of failure anymore, but it would also promote transparency and really unsilo the data and allow other projects to easily build on top of the data produced in, in other projects, you know, creating that collaboration and kind of like a exponential flywheel of innovation in the space. And I think that can, uh, you know, that can contribute to, to things really sticking and, and growing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, let's say when we started on Helium, for example, we had to run our own blockchain to have access to the information. That took me, that took many nights that I didn't sleep because the blockchain of Helium broke that I needed to fix that. If there, there there was an easier place that I could retrieve that information, right? It'd be right. much easier, and more people. Yeah, and 
Exactly. And doing it the traditional way, you know, everyone would set up their own API or something. And then you, if you need data from multiple different sources, then you need to integrate kind of separately to each of those APIs and, and pull the data from there. But imagine if you had a protocol where all the data is already there and then whatever you need you can just say that yeah i want this and this and this and this and start getting it in just a couple of lines of code you know you you know that just speeds things up uh, quite a lot and since it's real time you can build automation and this kind of thing um yeah it fits well into that kind of use case yeah i know I think like the, the last couple of questions that I'd like to ask, let's say you guys are going to release the web, the streamer one. What is the idea for web streamer two? Do you guys already think about that? <laughs> well, it's a bit, it's a bit early. It's a bit early for that, but we are in particular going into a couple of different directions there. So one I already mentioned, which was kind of the multi-chain idea. Uh, and you mentioned composability. Um, so what we want is that streamer would be composable with a lot of different dApps and projects, regardless of what chain they are on. So that's one clear uh, development path. I mean, you don't even now if you're you know building on Solana or something, you don't you can still use streamer um, because it's not it's mostly not an on-chain thing. So you can just go and create your streams on Polygon and then you can, you can use it. Uh, you don't need to have your smart contracts on the same chain. But if you want like composability, then, then it's easier if, if you are on the same chain. Uh, but anyway, that multi-chain track is clearly one direction in which we're going to go to. And then there's a bunch of things on the roadmap, like just uh, sort of responding to uh, demand from our users for example especially in this like iot type of space and deep in there's often a need to have like a quite native client library and right now the, the main uh, implementation of streamer is in typescript uh, which is good because for example browsers are like uh, it runs natively in browsers. So you can have like streamer node in your browser. That's cool. But, uh, you know, sometimes you want something a bit more like low level. So just supporting that kind of things, having native clients for uh, for stuff is, is something that is coming. Um, and let's see, now that the mainnet launches and the new thing with 1.0 is, is this incentive layer, I think we're going to have a lot of learnings from what like the next version of that incentive layer should should look like um and and so on and so on so just uh, the big vision is that well the big vision is that we want to start working on adoption whereas for the past six years we've been very heavily in the r d uh, so that will be our next focus. And so uh, the, the long-term vision is really to get um, get this out there and find the product market fit as opposed to uh, adding a lot of features on top, more like responding to demand. Yeah, maybe make it very, very simple for people to run nodes, right? Um... Yeah, yeah, that's one side, one side of it. But already we're seeing like quite a lot of 
interest and participation on the supply side, meaning people who run nodes. Uh, but for the builders who, who have applications, I think for the, for those we have to do like everything we can because it's it's difficult. As you said earlier, it's difficult to build stuff in Web three. Everything is a little clunky, you know. <laughs> still, so you know, just making that experience better and more straightforward is is a top priority as well. Yeah. If I want to learn more about Streamer, how to run nodes, and how uh, the progress the progress of the project, where is the best place for people can learn more? Yeah, for sure, the website. It's streamer.network. And, you know, from there, you can go to docs, you can go to, to the hub application where you can kind of see what's going on in the network. You can go to our Discord, ask questions, everything. The team is there. Uh, but yeah, the website is for sure the place to start and learn more. Awesome. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to talk to our listeners for like, final remarks? Yeah, well, maybe the current topics that now we're going to testnet three, it will start next week. So if you're interested, especially in the node running part, uh, you know, it's a good time to, to get involved. Um, whereas of course, later on, it's it's still possible, but there's some quite good incentives now in the testnet, so worth checking it out, I think. Nice. Well, thanks so much, Henry, for your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you here. Kitos kaikesta. And check out deepinhub.io for more news and updates, and check our podcast for updates. I'm going to put on the description of this podcast information more about streamer links and everything that you guys need. Uh, check it also at Hotspot on, on X or Twitter. And see you guys in the next episode. Thanks so much, man. Have a good one. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Daniel.